You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to the Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. Hey, you know, uh, today we're going to be talking about an American legend, but we're going to be smoking a Brazilian cigar. So what are we smoking this week, Brad? So um, this week we've got the CAO um, oh, or, Amazon Orlin, Orlena, maybe. Oriana? Orlena? I don't Oriana? Because isn't two L's a Y in Spanish? I don't know. You know, that, that's where I get mixed up. You're supposed However to be my go-to. It, uh, yeah, I think it's the Oriana. However we're pronouncing it, it's the latest addition to the CAO Amazon Basin line of cigars, which, you know, these, you know feature rare tobaccos from you know, parts of the Amazon rainforest. And they also, you can always tell the... The Amazon Basin cigars, because of, instead of a traditional label, they've got like this kind of like braided tobacco leaf, and each each one of the cigars, the the way it's wrapped is differently. Where this one not only has the little you know dreadlock bands, that also has it kind of going down the full length of the cigar yeah it's almost a, like a a, uh, a barber pole yeah um but uh this is going to sport a brazilian wrapper with a nicaraguan binder and brazilian colombian and dominican uh fillers and um you know yeah. upon research of this i guess this is a tribute to um you know orlana the the person who you know I guess they were the first person to travel the full length of the Amazon River, which I guess in retrospect makes sense uh, why the branding goes the full length of the cigar. Oh, that that is also a good a good point, and, uh, <laughs> and it's going to feature a rare tobacco uh, from Brazil known as the Braganaca <laughs> that is used as part of the filler blend. So yeah, this is like I said, it's a kind of an interesting smoke, and I. You know, I've I've kind of wondered if you smoke it all the way to the end, how these little tobacco dreads will will smoke, and with this going all the way down the the band, where I, I guess we'll <laughs> actually see. How I will these say burn. my 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 first impression as I come to the the first little um band is that's where the spice gets introduced to the cigar for me. Mm. Um, you know, at at first it was, you know flavor without a, a whole lot of spice and then once i got that the spice kind of kicked in and i was like oh that's nice <laughs> like where'd you come from <laughs> now i mean it might be pure coincidence uh but it also feels like it gives you like a little grip here so you, you're not you're not I, gonna drop it there's like a this it's kind of place i will to rest say your that it, it grabs the fingers but i mean you know as somebody that's used to smoking you know traditional paper banded cigars and it it just kind of feels weird. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's um, like you know, it's it, like what what am I gripping here? And you know, supposedly this is a a full bodied uh, full bodied cigar with flavors of spice, blackberry, leather, and sweet cream. So hmm, we'll see how those develop as we go on. Yeah, I mean, as of right now, I'm getting I I, I definitely taste the leather. Um, there is something 
about it though, like a a sweetness or a a fruitiness to it that I I kind of pick up, and maybe it's because I heard you read that as I'm trying to you know dissect the individual flavors, but you know there, there's just something there that's like hmm, this is different now. Um, that just adds a, another level of complexity, you know, to the flavor of the cigar. So, uh, initial impressions are, um, you know, I was a fan of the first Amazon Basin, but this one uh, is just bringing, it's just, you know, it's got a little extra Maduro sweetness, but with like, yeah, like a little bit of a <laughs> a spice. Uh, it's like a sweet and spiciness uh, to it, which is very interesting. <laughs> Two combinations that always work. Exactly. So I, I alluded earlier that we we're going to be talking about a an American legend. Uh, you know, long time ago, and you know, we kind of first got how most of us discovered Sylvester Stallone, or at least childs of the '80s that are badass action fans, was a little movie called Rambo: First Blood. And now, however many years, what thirty years later, we've got what's reported to be the last installment and and from from as old as Stallone looks I'm like <laughs> well as a as, as a teenage girl said it's like how did this young hot guy get to an old man <laughs> I was uh, like well because of, that was 30 years ago <laughs> like, yeah because I mean, like the the last one came out in what 2008 uh John Rambo so this is you know, a little over ten years since the since that the last time we saw we saw Rambo. So yeah, we're gonna be talking about Rambo Last Blood. And if you're gonna team up with Rambo to go down to Mexico to fight the cartel, you should call on the Strike Force. Strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code Cigar Nerds for twenty percent off your order. You know, and you're definitely gonna need a, a Strike Force if you're going after a man like Rambo because he's up to some fuckery. I don't even know that a strike force can take him down, which we'll get into a little later. Might need two strike forces. <laughs> You're going to take on Rambo. But with that, we'll be right back. Time to talk about a little movie called Rambo. I mean, this is you know the the quintessential like American action film. You know, when I think about it, yeah. When you think of like you know the American like eighties action genre that Stallone and Schwarzenegger were such big parts of, you know, Rambo is like the. <laughs> Like the probably the most kind of one. I mean, this the first one came out. First Blood came out in 1982. So, 
I mean, it was right there at the start of like the classic 80s action genre. Yeah, I mean, I think this paved way for, you know, so many predecessors and stuff. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's it's one of those, one of the takes that, you know, I wanted to get into with this episode is not only after watching Last Blood, but, you know, just the series in general is with the mentality of a lot of today's culture like could these films survive and hold up and you know based on some of the feedback and ratings and stuff that i've seen of last blood and you know i guess quote you know woke culture i guess is the thing that people are dubbing <laughs> it now you know for the, the fucking outrage culture like everything that piss somebody off yes yeah, like like you know i was telling you about before we got started about there's a quote in the freaking Wikipedia article because you know we don't do any research here we just look at Wikipedia said that uh, critics gave the film a negative reviews because for what they perceived as a racist and xenophobic attitudes toward Mexico I'm like motherfucker you have to have a bad guy in a movie and who better yet than sex traffickers from Mexico that you know that's turn on freaking CNN or Fox any news agency that's a thing that exists is like you know freaking Sex trafficking is probably one of the biggest crimes that we're trying to um, fight now. I mean, it's even worse than, like, you know, the drug trade at this point. Uh, so, like, you know, you show somebody fighting sex traffickers, like, oh, no, they're just being racist because they're Mexican. No, motherfucker, this shit really happens. <laughs> I mean, that's why there's travel warnings. When you go on vacation to, like, other countries, don't get sex trafficked. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I don't know, you know? I mean, I think, and... In a lot of instances, you know, it just shows the the naiveness, you know? I mean, we saw that in the film itself where, you know, you know, hey, you've never really spent a whole lot of time in, in Mexico and stuff. It's not a safe place. Like, yeah, because he, I mean, the story of this, the last movie we saw, which was the, the John Rambo from 2008, you know, he was in Burma kind of hiding out from the world because he'd kind of had enough of war. And that movie ended with him finally dealing with Julie Benz and and talking to her, finally kind of coming to terms with the violence inside that, you know, I guess if you use it for good, it's not, you're not just, you know, a, a killer. Well, I mean, you know, so I had to think about it from like a comic book perspective, right? So, you know, here we have Rambo. Um, not necessarily a anti, you know, hero. But, you know, I was kind of thinking that, um, you know, with this, it's, you know, kind of like the Punisher. You know, you've got that vigilante, you know, kind of justice thing. But, yeah, like the the previous film, you know, he was kind of a guy that was weary with, with the war and violence and was trying to be a peaceful man until he got kind of sucked back into it. But then it, by the end of it, he kind of came, came to a, uh, I guess, a conclusion of his skit like all right you know I, I have done all these violent things but it doesn't have to define who i am i'm finally going to go home and it kind of ended where the you know first blood started off with him trying to go home and then getting into shit where this one you know like i said it uh, the previous movie ended with him finally making it home like he started long ago and this one picks up 10 years later and he's living on the old family farm and looks like he's kind of adjusted to 
non-war life and he's you know raising horses and and <laughs> digging tunnels <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it starts off you see him like you know you know he, he's training horses and whatnot and you know he's got kind of an adopted family he's uh raising this young uh hispanic girl and and has her her grandmother living with him and we find out later on that you know her her mother died and her father had like left her and she wants to go track down her father and she's like, well, he's in Mexico no big deal. And he tries to explain to him. He's like, nah, listen, kid. And this is almost like talking to like actual millennia. Yeah. You know, well, hell millennials are too old now, but whatever we're calling the next generation where he's like, no, there's bad fuck people out there in the world. You shouldn't go as a young girl. Shouldn't go off on your own, especially to a foreign country where you don't know what you're walking into. Well, you know, everyone's I mean, not even that. Everyone's you know, not, I, you know, it's not all nice and friendly. There's bad shit out there. Well, and I, I, I think he said it best, you know, too, when he was like, hey, you know, it wasn't, you know, I was the one that had to pull him off your mother when he was beating her with a belt and this other stuff. Like, you know. Yeah, she, he's <laughs> like, you know, your, your father was a bad man. You shouldn't. She's like, well, people change. You change. He's like, no, I didn't. I'm just trying to keep a, a lid on the demons. <laughs> And I mean, I, 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 you know, I mean, a lot of that, like, kind of really spoke home, you know, I mean, because, you know, in today's, you know, society, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people with, you know, issues, you know, whether it be PTSD or whatever. And, you know, I mean, I guess that's my biggest complaint is we're so quick to cast judgment that, oh, you're stereotyping and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Like. We never really do anything to try to get to the heart of issues. We never really try to actually come up with solutions. We just shift blame and point fingers and never really do anything, right? I mean, because it's like, you know, it, I, I don't know. Like, I can, I can see myself in, in that situation and it's like, I don't see how there's anything wrong with being prepared for bad shit to happen, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, why just make yourself a an easy target or an easy victim? Why not, you know, develop a set of skills? Why not kind of prepare? Like, it's not necessarily that you're in looking for bad shit and trying to cause bad shit, but if trouble comes your way, you got means to deal with it. Like, and people that argue against, you know that readiness and that preparedness, I just don't understand what fucking bubble you live in <laughs> Yeah, that it's like... If you want peace, prepare for war. If, you know, if you're not going to do whatever you can to protect yourself, how the fuck do you expect law enforcement or a first responder or anybody else to do more for you than you're willing to do for yourself? Like, And I gotta say, I liked... <clears throat> this movie was definitely way different than I expected. From the trailers, you you expect just your average action movie and Rambo two, three and four very much were your typical bloody action movies. But I mean, the last one had a little bit more kind of, I guess, heart and seriousness to the character, but this one kind of really went back to the first movie where the first movie, you know, he was a young guy coming home from Vietnam and haven't, you know, he's got some corrupt so, officers and shit that, you you know, know, that harass him. And he just kind of, kind of snaps he's got you know you know ptsd or whatever and he ends up you know fighting back and nearly destroying this whole freaking town until colonel troutman comes and like calms him down and he has that emotional breakdown where like you know they drew first blood and he even says you know we taught we spent all this time and money teaching him how to kill but we never taught him how to you know be normal afterward 
and this one, you know, like I said, you you see him what looks like he's well adjusted and raising horses, but then it also kind of pulls back the curtain, like, oh no, he still has issues from all the shit he's been through. Like he's in his spare time, he's digging tunnels under his property, and from the looks of it, you know, he doesn't sleep in the house. He look, you know, I mean, he has a bedroom down there in his tunnel. Oh yeah, no, that, I mean, you know, he, you, you, like I said, the, this is the house forge. is for show and for the family. <laughs> like I'm gonna live in my bunker with my guns and, and make knives in my underground uh, underground uh, blacksmith shop, which was was, was kind of cool. And just like the... But, you know, everyone's got to have, I guess, like a hobby of way of coping where, you know, I guess that's... And you see him having to take no telling what kind of medication for a man of his, his age and his probably mental well-being at that point. But, you know, and he, he even goes on, we talk, you know, talks to the girl, he's like, you know, you... Your innocence gave me hope in the world that the world wouldn't just all all shit and allowed me to kind of be more human than than he had been for forever. But you know he's still like kind of like the he he gets out his his frustration and his stress by digging these tunnels and preparing for the worst case scenario. Even though that you know to him at this point he hopes he's he's done with that world. You see the, like the badass knife he made in the last one, like hanging on the wall and like kind of a display. Like I've put up my tools of war. They're here if I need them. You know, and he, you know, he even has that little bit of like, you know, Vietnam, Vietnam flashbacks and stuff down there in his, in his tunnel. But you know, that's how, 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 when the, when the insanity kind of builds up, that's just how he deals with it. He goes through and repairs his tunnels and checks his things. And he's like, all right, everything's cool. I can go back to, you know, riding my horses and being a real boy. <laughs> but I, you know, it's, I guess, you know, digging holes under your property is a better way of dealing with mental illness than going on a freaking rampage or something. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely agree with what you said going into this. I, you know, very much expected just the quintessential, you know, action film but you know this film brought a lot of depth and emotion and stuff to the table yeah, in mean, addition to yes the action when it was there was great and then like it doubled over itself like just in the the use of you know particular scenes and really captivating you know you don't want to be on this guy's bad side you know because yeah. the bad shit that's going to happen to you is you know like, just the graphic detail, and, you know, like, oh, yeah. there weren't very many people, you know, I'd say there was probably ten folks in the theater, but, you know, there was a, you know, a, a couple in front of me with, you know, a few friends, and, like, all the girls in the group, you know, the moments where you anticipated the cringe definitely got the cringe, <laughs> you know, reaction, and they're like, oh, shit, like, it's like, have y'all never seen a Rambo movie before? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but, this one I mean, was... it just wasn't bloody and gory all throughout, which... You know, did a great job of building up and actually developing story to it. Yeah, I mean, other than like, you know, the last third of the movie, you really didn't get a whole lot of like action and 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 just violence. Uh, I mean, it was very m much more a. Whereas, it, it did a good job of showing his like psychological welfare at that point. Cause yeah, I mean, I, I the I, like one one of the bad things like other eighties action movies like Schwarzenegger and stuff. These guys are portrayed as basically like immortal superheroes. Yes, super larger than life. They man. never get hurt or if they get hurt, it's just a flesh wound and you know, they just shake it off, make wisecracks as they're killing hundreds of people. 
But this one really tried to show what kind of toll 30, 40 years of violence can have on a person. I mean, not only that, but then you got 30 or 40 guys that beat the ever-living hell out of you and stuff. And, like, you know, uh, like you said, you know, it, it did a very good job of humanizing his character. You know, because, I, I mean, I've been guilty of it, too. Like, you know, of, oh, it's Rambo. He's always going to come out on top. But yeah. this one here, like, actually had me kind of, you know, second-guessing. Like, you know, it may not be the adversaries that takes him out, but is he going to take himself out, you know? <laughs> yeah, because, like I said, he's got his whole bunker I down mean, there. <laughs> you know, I like, uh, you know, I'm going to use the analogy again, you know. I As I was watching this in the story, and, I mean, I, I very much, you know, was thinking, holy shit, like, this is the Punisher set in, you know, modern times. Like, I was just know. thinking this could definitely be like a Punisher origin story movie or kind of like uh comparing them to superheroes the like the old man Logan. Yes. This could be the old man Frank story. Like Frank has has spent decades on his vengeance spree and is finally kind of retired and hung up his weapons and then somebody kills his his adopted daughter and he decides to you know, put the skull back on one more time. This very much could have been like old man Frank. Yes. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. And I mean, that was just kind of a, a stark contrast that I was drawing as I was, you know, watching the film, which I hope, you know, didn't take away like this. This is one that, you know, Rachel's like, Oh God, another, you know, Rambo film. Like, no, I don't really care about seeing this, but you know, it's like, no, there's a lot more depth and it's not just yeah, Rambo and you know, he's going to kill everybody and the end, you know, and we'll wait, you know, for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause he very much like, that's the one thing, you know, Rambo movies. Oh, Stallone, I hate to say it, Sloan's getting old. I mean, I mean that was, that looks was the thing, man. But, you know, one. at the same time... But still, like, pretty badass. But, yeah, he's, like, you know, taking fistfuls of his medication. And, like, and even... So, he knows, every Rambo f- film has had a reason for him to end up shirtless. He had a jacket on the whole time. <laughs> he yeah. never got shirtless. I mean, <laughs> it's like it's like I can't keep up this 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 way. It's like we made the joke for some of the other movies we reviewed this year of like this being the summer of uh, old old uh, grandma titties. And he's like, no, no, we're not having any grandpa titties in this movie. I'm not taking my shirt off. <laughs> I mean, but that that was the other thing that brought up. You know, I mean, let's think. You know, think of you know whether it's. What Luke, is he in his seventies now? Yeah, you know Han, or whether it's you know um, Stallone, whether you know like Logan. I mean, like so many iconic you know figures that you know we've grown up and love. Like, what are the modern day equivalents? Yeah, I mean, are are there any that you could name? Like, I personally, I can't name. All our yeah, all our heroes are getting like old as shit now. But, you know, like, and I'm wondering, you know, like who... those latest uh, Terminator trailers. I mean, they look badass, but it's like, yeah, like I, I don't know if this generation has the action star that we all had when we were. There's like maybe The Rock. I mean, that's probably about it as far as the modern day, you know, act, new generation of action hero. Because hell, even. Let's say the the post eighties nineties action heroes of Statham and and like 
Samuel Jackson and you know, some, I mean, these guys are all getting old as shit too. But I mean, they don't, you know, I, I even, you know, once again, yeah, they're yeah. still iconic to us. Yeah. But somebody that was born in the year 2000 or after, like, I feel like maybe, maybe there's, I'm out of touch with anime. There's probably some anime <laughs> characters that maybe, you know, get held in that regard. Yeah, but I, I can't have, think like, a of, modern day, I mean, well, now everything is a superhero movie. Uh, but do we even have just straight up action movies any anymore? Uh, <laughs> that like like we had you know like I said anything with Stallone, Bruce Willis, or Schwarzenegger back in the day was like all right it's gonna be a badass action movie. But yeah, I, I don't know if if there is a modern action star. Uh, and I'm that that you know kind of that's what brought up my my earlier thing as can there be a breakout action star? set with these tones, and it survived the PC era of political correctness. I don't think it can. And I don't think that's why we, you know, don't have, you know, a modern-day equivalent. Is, you know, for, you know, in the era of judging everything and labeling everything and trying to divide on everything, like, there's no continuity or one thing that'll bring people together to say, let's all rally behind, you know, this star coming out on top. Yeah, I mean, because back in the you know, in Rambo's time, we I mean it was we patriotic. Always, like yeah, I mean, we we always had the big villains of the Soviet Union or communist China or you know even like you know Vietnam and some of the Southeast Asian countries. But now it's like we're at about the only person you can still make a bad guy is either criminals or Terrorists, but apparently but even you then, can't even do yeah, that with criminals or terrorists yeah, like, because oh your gang happens to be Mexican like we're gonna call this movie racist so I mean it's <laughs> exactly you know there's so much you know everybody wants to judge and label everything and create so much divisiveness that you know there isn't I mean I mean that that's I guess why superhero movies are so big now is because but even it's then still okay to have a fictional villain from a fictional country or or alien invaders but as soon as you're like but even then people try to rip in and label and everything else (laughs) like you know i mean it's just i don't know i mean i i guess that whole additive those who you know stand for nothing will fall for anything um you know at this point like yeah no nobody's standing you know or or the the perception is nobody is standing. I guarantee you, like, there are people who are willing to, you know, make yeah. a stand, but those aren't the people that make headlines or get views or get clicks. And that's kind of the other thing is, uh, you know, nothing is about getting factual information out anymore. It's whatever is going to generate clicks and likes, you know, for a social media presence who... You know, at the end of the day, doesn't do anything for anybody trying to make real change. Yeah, so yeah, so I don't know. Like this, yeah, this it's, film it's hard went... to have a have a bad guy anymore. <laughs> it's yeah, it's like you know, can can and and, and how dare you just say bad movies, guy? Uh... You know, women can be bad. Or yeah. oh, oh my god, wait, hold on. I've assumed genders. Let me let me backtrack. Whatever your pronoun is, you can have an evil equivalent of. Said pronoun, whatever makes you happy. Let's, you know. 
Uh-huh. Good God, how we survived the last five years. I, I have no idea. We're, <laughs> we're probably going to get banned soon. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, his... Where was I? Yeah, so his his adoptive daughter decides to run away to find her father in Mexico, who, as Rambo had told her, it was turns out to be a douchebag, and she's like... Yeah, I never wanted you. I didn't care anything about your mother, so there's nothing for you here. Piss off. Well, her friend that she went to meet in Mexico turns out to also be a dirtbag and takes her to some, like, club where she gets, you know, slipped a Mickey by the local, you know, freaking El Flaco drug cartel guy who sells her into, you know, sex slavery. And now she's, you know, kind of in an underground forced drug and prostitution ring and that was the thing too you know as soon as rambo finds out he's like you know gets his truck and his gun is gonna go down to mexico and rescue her and you see him like because he has the whole thing like you know, see, it's like but he has the whole thing where he's like i'm i haven't changed i'm just trying to keep a lid on it on so you know he goes to take his meds that you assume are probably some kind of like emotion stabilizer anti-psych and he's like he's taking he finally says fuck it and just throws the bottle away and he's like it's time to go to war but but then you but, get that I mean, whole that was, thing where he i gotta quip with that though what's that is like okay i'm about to go to mexico i gotta find the girl there was no epic gear gear up montage like <laughs> if, if if i'm that's going, where he fucked up he didn't gear up you know so it's like if i'm going to mexico not knowing I'm going to try to take a little bit more than what he had at his disposal. Now, I guess, you know, trying to get through border security <laughs> might raise some concerns, but I mean... But that, was, that was what was weird, too, is because when he... Well, he finds the girl and, like, you know, threatens her to, to you know, you're you're going to show me uh, where, you know, where you took her or I'm going to shoot you in the fucking head. And, you know, she takes him, points the guy out, and he... Which was bloody as shit, man. She, he stabs the dude in the leg and then goes to rip his collarbone out and he's like you tell me where you take her i'm gonna break your fucking arm off and then when he shows him where is that and he tries to like sneak up there you expect this badass rambo go in and fuck everybody up moment but no he gets his ass kicked that was the other thing too it was kind of uncomfortable like all right rambo's old but they're not gonna let rambo get like beat down and he gets like the shit kicked out of him and i mean he was homeboy's initials carved in his face and they take his id and they're like Hey, we would have just trained her and used her and sold her, but now we're going to make sure she suffers because of you. And I was like, where's this fucking movie going? Cause this is some dark shit. Yes. I mean, <laughs> that was the thing is like it, 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 yeah, I totally expect him to like, you know, break bad and take on like 20 of those guys and like fuck them all up. But no, he just, no, I mean the shit kicked out of him. But I mean, I, 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 I you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, that was the whole thing is, you know, with me, it's like you're going into somebody else's territory where they've got the upper hand, like, no matter what, you know. His territory, we automatically knew, was back in Arizona, you know. Yeah. I mean, or that's where all the prep, you go all back of the defensive the, tactics. You go back to the last movie where he's, like, as a riverboat guy in Burma, I mean, he's spent... 30 years fighting people in the jungles and, and everything. I mean, he's used to actual war. You know, he's not used to dealing in the middle of a city with like gang gangs violence where like, and... 
you know, the, the eyes are everywhere because the cartel and, and controls the entire... And I think they the did entire... a great job of, you know, showcasing he's, that, too. Yeah, where, he was you definitely, know... like, out of his element, where normally, you know, you see him, like, sneak in using, you know, military tactics and fucking everything up, and he's just like, oh, this is just a city, I, I'm and I'm Rambo, and then, like, no, nah, homie, here's a, this is a whole different jungle. <laughs> this, this isn't Southeast Asia, you yeah. know. Like, I mean, you it, know, this, this is that instance where you needed the belt fed. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> I mean... Speaking of random, that's one of the most legendary things. The like the old belt fed M sixty. Like remember that movie? Uh, was it Art of War? Dude, every uh... video game ever that is still like you know once you progress so far and it's like you get an M sixty. It's like all right, game over. Time to do work now. Yeah. That's still my all time favorite gun on you know when modern video games. Get yes. your belt fed. Yes. Remember, what was that uh, movie with uh, Nicolas Cage where he was the uh, the gun dealer and he goes to that guy and they're like he's like, I can get you anything you want. And he's like what are you? he's like. I want the gun of Rambo. And he's like, one, two, or three. <laughs> but it's like, that's the, the, the old classic Vietnam era M60 is like the most, that and that, those different, you know, big ass What was that? That was uh, a skin of Lord of War, right? Or something like. Lord, I think maybe it was Lord of War. I can't remember. It was, it was Art of War or Lord of War, but yeah, it was that, that old Nick Cage. I just remember that line. I want the gun of Rambo. <laughs> In fact, when this movie came out, SOE uh, Tactical had a thing where you ordered stuff and they would give you the Gun of Rambo patch. You just got a patch with an M60 on it said the Gun of Rambo when you ordered something. <laughs> I feel like anybody in real life that acquires, you know, an M60, whether you need it for military purposes or, you know, if it's legal to have one where you are, uh, you know, should automatically be dubbed with a patch. <laughs> yeah, if I ever won the lottery, like, I, w- I would have. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I mean, just, uh, I mean, that should be a life achievement. You know, yeah, I mean, video I, games give you achievements. Like, that should be a life achievement. Like, I got the Gun of Rambo uh, <laughs> achievement. Yeah. yeah, it's like not even like the, the modern equivalent of like the Saw or something like that. It's like the classic M60. I'm like, I didn't. I mean that that your Ram all your Rambo and A Team fantasies like rolled up into like the, that's the iconic gun of the eighties. I, I mean, because if he had an M sixty, it didn't matter if they were indoors. Like it's the cinder <laughs> blocks aren't aren't an issue at that point. Oh. Like, yeah. So he gets fucked up. Some uh, independent journalist that uh, you know uh, finds him and see, nurses that him took back to a health. Different turn than I was anticipating too. So yeah, I you know, I expected her to be like. Centerale kind of, or something like that. You know, what, whatever, like, the, you know, uh, Mexico equivalent of, like, the CIA or FBI or something. Like, I figured it'd be some kind of government official. They've been trying to keep track on this, you know, drug lord and, or cartel, you know, person. Yeah, you and even see, like, like, intel on the walls of yeah. her house. And turns out she's just, like, a... A journalist. A who's journalist whose sister, you know, who had also been kidnapped and, and found dead because she had been trafficked by this cartel uh played by adriana barraza uh and you know he she finally kind of clues him in i'm like here's what's going on here's who these people are the uh martinez brothers uh victor and uh what what the hell is the other guy's name hugo played by oscar janada and sergio paris mincetta uh and so she helps him figure out where their brothel is and that was a sequence too, where, I mean, these people that are, I mean, their whole thing is they drug these girls up and get them addicted and make them think there's no way out. Cause he busts into the, the, 
the brothel and starts fucking up dudes with a hammer. I mean, he hits one guy and then like hammers his nuts, but he's killing dudes with a freaking old fashioned East wing. <laughs> he doesn't even have his gun or a knife anymore. And he's like, as he's going through the room, fucking dudes up. He's telling these girls like, leave, go. And they're like, I can't, they'll kill me. I'm just going to, you know, yeah. Sit. I mean, I, I mean, which, I mean, I, which I don't is, know. You know, that's kind of very real how those situations, um, I mean, cause happen. you know, the fear and everything else, it's like, well, yeah, I got it bad. I'm going through a bunch of bad shit, but at least I'm not dead. Yeah. You know, whereas, you know, which then again, okay, you do run. You know, there's so much power and corruption and everything else. Where do you really turn to at that point? Like, I mean. Yeah, with no kind of resources or help. Like, how do you. Yeah, and, and that's what these, and we, I mean, these I freaking think that, cartels do is they convince them that there is no way out. Well, I mean, and that's the other thing is also, too, like. Speaking of the corruption angle and everything else, like, you know, later on where, you know, we see a lot of the, you know, cops show up after he does, you know, the the massacre there. And, you know, it's like, you know, people are still coming and going freely and everything. Like, that's the thing. Like, you know, w- money controls so much. Yeah. Like, you know, it's... Oh, and then they have the... Uh, where the movie really took a turn, because I'm, like, expecting a taken situation where you're like, you're freaking, oh, yeah. you know, where you know, he goes, he rescues the girl and then he's got a, cause from all the trailers, all they really showed was like the final battle at his house. So I'm expecting he saves the girl, takes her home. The cartel comes to like take her back. Cause they got his driver's license. They know where he lives, but no, he, he's too late. He gets her, but he's not the hero. He, he ends up busting killing a bunch of dudes and rescuing her, but it's too late. She's already been pumped so full of drugs that she ends up dying on, on the way home. And that's where we get, instead of it being Liam Neeson taken, it's, it's, Oh no, now we're going Frank Castle on these motherfuckers. And that was kind of the weird thing too. Like, you know, like I, I get it. You know, you're in a coma or, you know, fucking trying to recuperate from the ass beating. You know, I think they said it was for four days, but you know, at, at some point, like, I thought he would take the daughter, or, you know, or, or take her to, you know, the person that helped him. And it's like, look, she needs medical aid. We can't let her yeah. succumb to the circumstances that your own sister did and stuff. And, you know, but no, it, it, it doesn't, you know. And, I mean, that that's the other thing is I guess you're just trying to get as far away from the present danger, you know, and not you Get back to the U.S. where they can get, like, you know safety and, and medical care and, and whatnot. And that's another thing too. It was like every other Rambo movie. I mean, well, the first one he's fighting the, the, the local sheriff and whatnot, and really having kind of a mental breakdown. Whereas all the other movies, he's the hero in the second movie. He's going back to Vietnam to rescue POWs. And the second one, he or the third one. He's going to, I can't remember if it was like Afghanistan or somewhere to rescue Colonel Troutman, who's been captured by the the Russians or whatnot. And in the, the last one, he's going to rescue missionaries that have gotten trapped in like, you know, Burma or whatnot. He's always, it's always like a rescue mission. And this one kind of starts off with the same thing, but no, it, it, he fails and she dies. And now it's like, like you said, straight, he's going straight Punisher. It's, it's, it's Frank Castle time. He's, it's no longer about rescue. He's about to like, you know, execute a whole bunch of motherfuckers. And it's like, this is kind of a, a darker turn for Rambo, but also one that you're like, I get it, man. <laughs> Fuck these dudes up. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, like you said, 
there was this was a film that the trailers did really really good of not giving away the plot no and you know i needs to be more of that yeah it was definitely <laughs> a way darker story than i than i expected from the trailers but then we finally get the Rambo gear up montage that we have in every movie. It, it, it finally comes. I wasn't in the, in even the... sure if I was watching a gear up montage or if I was watching the adult version of home alone. <laughs> yeah. Cause <laughs> you know, it's he... like, what happens when you have access to weapons and skills to create, you know, devices and stuff, not just found in, in the ordinary household home. Like, you know, <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah. He's like, you know, he already had the tunnels and stuff, but you know, he get he, takes at least takes her home to her grandmother tells the grandmother what happens they have a you can tell there's some kind of they don't never suspect never say what kind of passage of time but you can tell his his scars are now kind of healed up they've had a funeral and buried her so i'm assuming it's at least days if not weeks later and you know the grandma he's packed her up and like you know hey go stay with your sister there's nothing else for you here hell there's nothing else for me here he's like well what are you oh i'm just gonna go travel the world like i used to before i came home a nomad and then as soon as she leaves, it's like, all right, let's break out the tools. And yeah, he starts cause... building all kind of like MacGyver-esque booby traps and breaking out all his old school weapons and stuff. And like the, I mean, the... I guess the... that's a good thing they kept that ID with the address on there because he's yeah. like, oh, they got that. I know they're coming here. Yeah, because it, it's, it's... I'm like, is he just this preparing is... just in case? Oh, no, he's going to go kick the hornet's nest and wait for him to come back to his... <laughs> his trap but i mean that's you know and i mean that's the only way that he stands a fighting chance though he can't do it on their turf no he learned that when he went there the first time and got fucked up so he i mean freaking trap like you know freaking pits and you know all kind of like booby trapped axes and i that like are the... just these subtle Oh, I'm gonna make a hole in this wall and just you know put this piece of rebar here that I've <laughs> yeah. sharpened, you know, because this might come in handy. You know the uh, the crossbows on tripwires, the 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 lamb, and I, I, the one thing I thought was cool as shit was the the improvised landmines where he basically stuck fifty cal shells down in little tubes with like a nail in the bottom to hit the primer, so just the tip of the bullet was sticking up out of the ground. So when they stepped on these fifty cal rounds, it detonated them and like blew dude's legs off and shit. And then the uh, the sprinkler full of, I mean, he digs that uh, trench around his property and fills it full of like gas or whatever, and sets up landmine and then and digs more tunnels and sniper points. But then the the sprinkler thing he sets up in the barn and loads up the magnesium shotgun shells. So he's got like the flame and like dragons homemade dragon's breath shotgun shells. <laughs> I was like. There's gonna be some 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 you know some roast ass here in a minute, but then he goes back to Mexico. You see him like, you know, set up the house, get everything ready, and then he's like, gonna go back to Mexico and uh, you know send them the the invitation. <laughs> you know, and he goes. I think the invitation was received. Oh yeah, because he goes back to the reporter and he, she she he's like, you got to help me. He's like, no, you just need to move on. He's like, no, have you moved on? No, like, you know, like you know, just. Yeah, I mean exactly what we talked about. Nothing changes. What has changed? Like you it's know, like there is no moving we, on. We yeah. you know keep grieving and people keep suffering. What's changing? Like to do nothing and expect change is fucking insanity. Yeah. So she's he's like, tell me where I can find the skinny one, which is the one that kind of ran the brothel and had carved his face and her face, and so yeah, he he fucks up all his bodyguards and finds him in the bathroom and. Uh, 
then you, you just cuss the next day where like all the cops there and like the, the big brother and the rest of the gang shows up and like dudes like decapitated in his bed with her picture, like stuck in his chest with the knife that he had been making for his, like as a going away present for his daughter when she went oh, off. Oh, it's to... a letter opener. It's <laughs> like, Unless no one sends letters anymore. It's like, well then use it to eat the boys away. Whatever. I'm making you this sweet knife. That's what I do. I make sweet knives in my bunker. <laughs> but yeah, that's just like the, the open invitation to like, you know, you took mine, I'm taking yours. And, you know, knowing that they're going to come and retaliate. And sure enough, Homeboy puts together a whole, like, mercenary army. And but I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean... It's like, welcome to the rice paddies, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, like, it seemed, you know, in Mexico, like, they had so many eyes and ears and everything else. They showed up with a lot less people than... I thought they were going to show up with like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it was like what five uh, G wagons full of full of gangsters. Which I mean, that's still a fairly good squad for like one old gringo, as yeah, they say. Yeah, for Mercedes placement, like that's <laughs> probably the only time anybody's taken a G wagon off road. <laughs> yeah, like God, I hate those vehicles. They, and for like a atrocious. bunch of like you know Mexican gangsters, their initial approach was pretty coordinated. I mean, like these guys. I mean, this must have been like. His like elite mercenary guys, the like, guys that might have had some kind of training, because you know they as soon as they roll up onto his property, yeah, you know, I like that too because like we have the first gear up montage. He goes kills the brother, comes home, takes his head with him and chunks it out in the desert like halfway home, <laughs> just like fuck you're not even finding his head, and then goes back and then there's more montage, <laughs> and I do like when they first he's like all right I'm I'm, I'm mostly prepared I got to go back and all right I'm gonna build some more traps just in case, and uh, but just that that subtle. Rambo theme kicks in when he goes into the, like the uh, prep and montage. <laughs> but yeah, when they when but yeah when they full pull up to the property, they got one truck goes around back, the rest of them kind of spread out across his his like you know front yard. You know they're not kind of all staying in that. Yeah, single... we're not just gonna follow in single file line and. You know... And then the one hits the mine and sets off the freaking uh, the fire uh, wall, <laughs> and it's like, oh shit, what? They're like, oh, this is some old gringo. <laughs> and then they're like, we've we've kind of... Wait, that's racist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, never mind. That's a white dude. You're, you're good. Yeah. No, like, <laughs> and they're like, what the hell have we <laughs> got into? You know, they'd expect us to roll up and like, you know, shoot the piss out of everybody. And then they're like, what the hell just happened to us? <laughs> and he sends the guys to the barn. Like, all right, you three go to the barn. The rest of y'all with me. And the dudes that walk up to the barn. And all of a sudden, like, the sprinkler sets off with all the the douse him in gas and he pops up out of his tunnel with the, the flame and shotgun rounds and sets them all on fire and then disappears again. And they're all like, yeah, I mean, that's like a good 30 minutes of just him just randomly fucking dudes up and them hitting traps and everything else. I mean, it was almost like whack-a-mole, you yeah. know, and, and they weren't very good at that game. <laughs> no, he blows up and then he pops up from another hole and <laughs> starts shooting people there and, and, they, yeah, and then one guy goes into the house and he's got the uh, the booby-trapped uh, crossbow as soon as the guy walks through the door, takes a couple arrows. And then they finally get into the tunnel and the real fun begins where it's like, dude, you've just walked into a house of horrors, man. They're like falling into pits and then the, the spring-loaded axes through the walls and, and he's just roaming around like just capping dudes right and right and left. And, and then he like turns on like the old school tape recorder to a to a big ass speaker and it starts playing like you know 60s era like vietnam era rock and roll 
Which was just absolutely perfect. Yeah, because, I mean, they, they had radios and were trying to coordinate. He just, like, made it too loud where they can't hear him going around, like, killing everybody. And I like how, like, you would see him every once in a while see the main guy and then just let it slide and just walk away and go kill somebody else. <laughs> just just very, like, intentional, like, you know, last time I last time I was on your turf, now you're in, in my zone and... And, you know, like I said, I'm I'm saving you for last, asshole. <laughs> I don't know. I, I still love, you know, just the subtle spike through the wall, you know, to get the guy's attention. But then underneath, he's cut out a, you know, trench so he could take a swipe with a knife and, yeah. you know, take the legs out, you know? It's yeah, like, like all the intricate booby traps he had set up, that one was just the most interesting where he just had just the hole. And the two guys were, like, walking down, like, a, a parallel hallway. And one of them kind of sees the hole and all of a sudden the spear comes through. And the other guy starts trying to shoot through the wall, and he just lays down and reaches in and cuts the dude's, like, foot off with his machete and stabs him in the face. And it's the same knife from the previous movie that he had built out of, like, a, a truck's, like, a leaf spring. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, just the, like, yes, that would take a lot of planning and preparation for all of that shit, but, like, so much of it was just, all right, I'm going to, you know, hang the shot off, you know, here on these couple of nails. I'm going to tuck, you know, another gun over here just, you know, um, you know, concealed by a couple of these boards, like. And it was all like, uh, you know, not even like, you know. It, it wasn't like, I mean, it's like you could do it was a lot stuff of that, that shit you, from a hardware store. Yeah, you it was know, like very MacGyver. Yeah, he wouldn't like pulling out old military gear well other I mean, than the, the uh, C4 but he had the the claymores that he had probably uh, brought home from from somewhere but yeah other than that i mean he had like a like a marlin lever action a, a, a old double barrel shotgun that he had sawed off and then he, like at one point he even breaks out like an old school M1 Garand and like <laughs> so it's not like he's breaking out the the belt fed M60 or like any of the you know weapons of war as they say yeah, hell, I don't even think he like even picked up an AR. But I mean, at, at the at the end of the day, like that's a brilliant idea though, because those are all things that aren't going to put you on a radar. No, like, it was like I mean, he had a nice little arsenal, but it was all just kind of like old school, <laughs> old school shit. And like, you know, he didn't have like a bunker full of like you know freaking like Schwarzenegger's bunker from uh from Commando. It was just all shit that like any of us could have if you had the time and determination to. You know, build a tunnel system under your property. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just... Stuff like that, you know, I mean, it, it once again, just kind of added to the... And still the old the, school the bow and The human, arrow. you know, factor, you know, of this dude isn't larger than life. Because, yeah, I mean, he even gets, like, shot, like, twice during that whole incident uh, where, you know, so it's like... And that was the thing, too, like, so he gets hit kind of in the... And the the abdomen, you know, like kind of off center, and then gets shot in the shoulder too. And it's like, is this gonna kind of be an old man Logan? Where you know, is he gonna is he gonna die at the end? Is that how they're gonna to end all this? But then he has that. Uh, yeah, I like when he he kills everyone, and then they have that uh, moment where he finally picks up the radio and radios that dude, and is like. I've killed all your men and I've could have killed you 20 times, but I was saving you for last. I want you to f know what it feels like to have your heart ripped out like you did to me. And then the guy's like, I will fucking kill you. And he's like, if you want to live, follow, follow the, the lights. Light. Cause yes. he cut all the lights off in the tunnel 
and he flips the switch that lights up one string of lights, but then it starts setting off all these bombs and collapsing the entire entire tunnel network. So it's like his only choice and he's either get buried alive or follow this and it pops out in the in the barn after he's that sequence too where from the shows the outside of the house and just where all the bombs come uh, going off and the tunnels collapse and you see how intricate and big that whole freaking tunnel complex. I mean, I guess you got 10 years to, to prepare. It's like, that thing was like pretty massive, <laughs> like complex he had built down there. I don't know though. That's a, that's a lot of digging. I mean, you got to bring in some heavy machinery and some other stuff. Like, well, he had like backhoes and bulldozers and everything else there. I mean, he, he had time and had the equipment. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, and a special set of skills. Yeah, a particular set of skills. But yeah, when that guy gets into the into the barn, and you think, like, all right, this is going to be the... Because every Rambo movie eventually has, like, the... Where he, he gets up kind of, like, to the boss-level fight and has to have, like, a like a full-on fight with some dude. Nah, as soon as dude shows up in the barn, he just nails him to the wall with his bow and arrow. <laughs> well, I think, you know, like, when you see him practicing with the playing cards. Yeah, he's, like, shooting the playing cards. such brilliant, you know, foreshadowing, too. Like, you know, I was like, oh, hell, he got the royal flush. So, you know, th- this is going to be big, whatever that's alluding to. And... Yeah, he's, he's making sure he still has the the skills. But, yeah, like, one in each shoulder and one in each leg. And he's just got him, like, nailed to the wall. And then just slowly walking up to him and pulling out that knife and he's like this is what it feels out and legit like like he told me it was going to happen freaking cuts open his chest and rips out his heart and shows it to him i'm like that's probably the most brutal thing i've <laughs> i've seen in a long time yeah i mean you know by and large like there wasn't a ton of gore but when there was like it was used very you know effectively yeah. like i mean it's not like whatever the previous Rambo movie where he has him open up point blank on people with a 50 cal, you know, mod deuce and people just exploding into like, you know, red mist. I mean, this one, it was like the gore and violence was very like, you know, kind of, like you said, just well used. It wasn't like just over the top. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a Quentin Tarantino film. No. (laughs) (laughs) Where it's like, okay, everything's got a blood pump. Even if it doesn't (laughs) have blood, it's got a blood pump. Yeah. It's like the tunnels didn't fill with blood and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't nearly as, you know, the you know, freaking critics talking about the violence and the blood. It wasn't nearly as bloody as the last one. I think the last one was I mean, way but, bloodier. You know, I mean, at, at the same time, like, you know, like, I mean, even the scene, like, where the dude's collarbone, you know, and you see the fractal of bone there and, you know, he's like, you know, tell me otherwise it's coming off. And it's like, <laughs> oh, shit. Like, yeah, I mean, it was very, like, the violence was like very realistically shot. <laughs> like, but I, th- like I said, I still think the, the second one or the last one had way more just gore in it than, than this one did. But I don't know. Then again, like the mentality. Yeah. I mean, it's been what, 10 years, give or take. Yeah. I mean, 2008 was when the last one uh, came out. There's been a lot of differences between, you know, what I can remember of 2008 and today's, you know, <laughs> yeah. mentality. Today's audience climate. is a little bit more sensitive. <laughs> yeah, can can Rambo ex- exist in a world of snowflakes? I don't know. I mean, it, it, from a critic standpoint, absolutely not. Yeah. You know, but I mean, and and I critic. think from a lot of Hollywood and you know, where 
I don't know. That still irks me to fucking death. Like, celebs that, you know... You're a celebrity, yet all of a sudden, because you have millions of people that enjoy a particular character that you portrayed for a script that you didn't write, um, you know, all of a sudden you're now justified and can think better than, (laughs) you know, a counterpart. And it's like, why do we give celebrities so much fucking, like, credit and, you know, put them on, on pedestals a lot of times? Like, what the fuck? It's like, no, you don't need to be given a political speech because at the end of the day, politics are all just opinion unless you're legitimately doing something factual that makes a damn. Yeah, it's like... I don't, I'm on a soapbox today. Have you noticed that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you're... It's... Yeah, it's just... It's Yeah, I said just wait. And it's... Not made a whole lot of money. I mean, it was made for $50 million. It's only made 64 but it's only been out like two weeks. But I think this is one that's definitely going to kind of have a... Uh, it's going to definitely have a life on on video. Well, I think, I, I think this is one that's going to be... I think word needs people are to get catch, out. catch on with this one. Because it, it's, so, it's so much more an emotional, personal story than, say, the previous Rambo films. And I think that's the thing, is people are... Oh, it's Rambo. We know what Rambo does. But this takes on a whole new light, you know? And Yeah, I, I very much expected a Expendables 4. And I got Old Man Logan. You know, it, it was definitely a much more emotional story than I expected out of a Rambo film. I mean, this is like legit filmmaking. I mean, Stallone's been doing this for a long time, and you don't realize, like I said, he's actually a really good writer and hell, a director in his own right, where, you know, it's not just, you know, Rocky and Blindless. I mean, the dude, you know, can can tell a story. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, this... There was so much more substance here than I anticipated going into it that, I mean, it caught me off guard, really. I mean, I I just, and like I said, you know, for somebody, you know, like, you know, Rachel, where she's like, ah, eh, it's Rambo, I don't need to see another action movie, and it's like, no, you actually need to watch this, and, you know, it's like, once word gets out that it's not what people perceive it to be, I think it's when it's going to take off. Yeah, because I, I expected from the trailers that that last 30 minutes was going to be the whole Or movie. if some bad shit happens and people, you know, realize that, oh, we need to rally around America again, you know, this will be one of those that, you know, people will potentially rally behind and be like, yes, we we need, uh, you know, action heroes again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like I said, from, I mean, he, he got shot up and he kind of like, you know, limps back to the house and sits down on his rocking chair. And I very much expected a old man Logan ending where it's like, they're going to let him die. You know, and it, you know, you see him in the rocking chair. He's not calling for freaking you know, EMS or anything. He's just going to sit in his rocking chair. I mean, at the end of the day, like, how does that really play out? Like, (laughs) I, I, I need medical assistance and I've killed about, you know, 15 people on my property um but ignore that like i've been yeah. shot but I, yeah i expected to see like you know here comes police cars and fire trucks from like all these uh, you know 
But I guess that's the beauty of being in middle of nowhere Arizona. Yeah, you don't I have mean, neighbors to call the cops when you kill a bunch like, of drug lords on your property. Uh, you know, I mean, nobody heard the explosions. Anything <laughs> else? Like, I guess we're good. You know, I yeah. mean. But yeah, I, I very expected much to expect it to like end there. You just see him die, and he has that thing that like everyone I loved is gone. Everyone, everyone who was my friend, I think, is ghost now. But I'm going to continue to fight to keep their memory alive. And then it cuts to this whole sequence of showing clips from all like the all the previous movies. movies, and not just like action sequences, like showing like emotional sequences from all these all these movies and stuff. You know, from First Blood all the way up through, you know, the the 2008 movie. But then it comes back to him, and you see him saddle up on his horse and ride off into the sunset. You know, they didn't kill him. He's like theoretically still alive, and now I guess he's going to do what he told Grandma he was going to do and go back to roaming the earth. And like I said, very much with that ending of him getting on the horse and riding off, I'm like, this is where the Punisher begins. <laughs> John Rambo, a.k.a. Frank Castle. I mean, it's just like... Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it... It's like I, I hung up my, my weapons of war for ten years and tried to be a peaceful man, and they've brought me back to to being Rambo. It's like... But, <laughs> realistically, giving Stallone's age... Oh, hell no. This is definitely last blood, but... Do we... Well, I... I don't know. I but it, it, it could, gave it the out of there being a further story. I could potentially see there being another film, but I don't think that it can be another decade from now. I think if they no, can do 90 it, ninety year old Rambo, <laughs> you know, freaking drug lords attack his old folks' home, <laughs> and he's having to run dudes down in his walker. Yeah, I, I don't think, <laughs> dude. Could you fucking see Rambo just picking up a walker and putting it through a motherfucker's <laughs> chest, though? Like. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, that would be... <laughs> oh, beating a dude with his colostomy bag. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I'm just saying that, you know... Oh, but, I mean... He still, he still got it, though, for being as old... I mean, he looked much older. I mean, he looked older than he did in the Expendables you know what, movies. Though? But he, he looked the age, but the acting and everything badass. else, I yeah. mean... You know, now, I don't... Of course, we don't get to see the production and the cuts and everything else. I mean, did, you know, this 30-second scene, you know, really take them five hours to do? Hold on, guys. Let me take a break. Let me, you know. I... Let me get my uh, my stunt double in here. But, I mean, hell, I want to see another Expendables movie now. I think he still still has it in him to make a few more just badass ac- action sequences. I mean, they obviously having to let him uh, shoot stuff more than they uh, let him fight people. Cause like I said, he's, he's like, I ain't, I ain't taking my shirt off no more, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I think he's got a couple more grandpa action movies in him. And that, uh, if he, if he wants to do them, cause yeah, like I said, those, the expendables trilogy, I'm like, I, I want to see another one of those. Uh, the, the, I mean, this is just got me fired up. They're like, all right, Stallone can still, can still make a badass movie. Oh yeah. And I mean, I don't know the, I, Hands down, out of out of the, any of the other ones, yes, they're classics. They'll always have a place, but yeah, because I, you I know, fully if, expected with the popularity of the uh, the uh, oh, what's the boxing movie, not the, the not the Rambo, but the the, the last two. The I know what you're talking about. Sure. I don't remember the names. Where where he's kind of the trainer now. Yeah, like I expected that's that's the role we're going to see him. If he's in an action movie, he's like 
Passing the, the torch. The the old guy who's like training the new recruits or he's like the boss where nah he can still whoop some ass. <laughs> like I mean he may look old, but he can still chop a dude's head off and, and You know what it is? He finally reached that age. He got his old man strength. Yes, exactly. He's he's got he's I mean, I, achieved maybe, old man strength. Maybe this is the testament of old man strength because I've seen that shit in action, and I mean it's like, holy shit, dude! You can move a mountain, like. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like he he still he can still be the the action leading man. He doesn't have to to uh, retire just yet. So, uh, what do you think of this here new? addition to the the Amazon Basin lineup. Um, so I think my, my theory still kind of holds true. Um, when you get away from the barber pole bands, the cigar tapers off that spice. Um, but I, I, I definitely think the description, you know, that you gave earlier... Leathery, creamy, a hint of a, a fruitiness, and a, a little bit of that spice. Um, but due to this barber pole, like, yeah, when you're not it kind of the... changes, you know. Yeah. It, it, you know, so. So when you hit the dreadlocks, interesting. You get, you get and... that hit of spice, and the rest of the time it's just that kind of leathery sweetness. And then every once in a while you get, you know, as you hit another, uh, <laughs> another ring, it's like, mm, there's that spice again. So, um, I, I mean, it's, it's definitely as complex as the construction appears to be. <laughs> and that's the thing is, you know, if, if somebody is looking for a, a cigar that they're not going to get bored with just due to complexity, dude, this, this is it. You know, like, uh, you know, we talked about the, the session, you know, just being a very flavorful smoke. Um, this brings... That level of flavorful, but then also adds that spice to it, which takes it up a notch. Um, this is, uh, I mean, just absolutely a, a phenomenal cigar. I mean... Yeah, I think the last one we had was that uh, the Fumar del Ropa or whatever. I mean, and, which was, uh, you know, if I, I remember... I think this one's better than, than that one. Well, I mean, I like this one because, uh, you know, like... You know, the the stuff with the other Amazon basins, right? Kind of what you start with is kind of what you finish with. Whereas this one, you start, you get a little something different, then it transitions back, a little different again. So, yeah. I mean, it just, you know, really kind of keeps your taste buds like, yeah, the, I mean, the hell you doing to me? The others were good, but, you know, after the kind of the novelty of them wore off, they really didn't make it into my regular lineup of smokes where this one is complex enough that, yeah, I may go back to this one a time or two. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the only thing that's still weird to me is, you know, having this, uh, corded band. It's still tripping my fingers out. Like, <laughs> cause I'm like, is there something stuck to me? Is there, you know, whatever. But I mean, you know, if you got a case of butterfingers though, I mean, you can get a good two finger grip right here. The cigar is not going anywhere. <laughs> no, like, and that's the thing too is like the other ones that ring was was felt like they were higher up. So normally I finish smoking before I got to the the bands. Where this one it's it's down a little farther. So as I keep smoking, I, th I think I'm going to get another 
spice hit here in a minute when I make it to the <laughs> the final rings, which I'm, You're gonna I'm be looking like, forward ah, to. It's all spice. <laughs> so we'll see you know, as we finish up our our final two segments here. If we uh, if we get another spice kick, if I can make it. To I mean, the, but make th- it to the band by then. Then again, I mean, maybe that's a testament and a a marketing aspect of this cigar is, you know, it it, it starts off, you know strong but then finishes like super strong <laughs> yeah you know like, we're most surprise motherfuckers yeah, where most cigars kind of taper off yeah, kind of bring you into a smooth landing this one might be like oh yeah we're getting to that smooth landing <laughs> we're surprise gonna a- <laughs> rambo motherfucker <laughs> yes uh you know just a a straight up you know crash course uh, <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean you know but definitely um a great great cigar here yeah Pick you up one of these, and also if you've you've not seen Rambo yet, and you're kind of on the check it out. Like I said, it's it's very different than what we expected going into it. Well, if you've got this far into the way. podcast, you probably don't need to see it because you've already you know. <laughs> I mean, take our advice from last week's episode: don't see the new it, but do go see new Rambo. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I I think I don't know. Well, well, maybe that's something we'll touch on on nerd news because there's been a lot of stuff from what we would consider the classics reintroduced. Um, and that trend also seems to be continuing, um, which we'll also talk about. So uh, the, it's not in my notes, but um, it's something that we'll we'll talk about because it's Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Oh, God, we could never do that episode. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. For some science, you're ready to learn some shit, Brad. I don't know if I am or not, man. I feel like you know you haven't done a science segment in like three months or something. <laughs> like, how do you always get out of segments? I never get out of segments. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, that's because oh, yeah, well, well, there's always news, and yeah, we had we had interviews the last two months, so we had to, or not not two months, last two episodes, so we had something to fill in, and so I chose to be lazy and not add interviews and science. <laughs> You chose to be lazy. Why am I not surprised? All right, maybe I'll learn some shit when you learn to be unlazy. Yep, true enough. So, uh, speaking of lazy, uh, the last time we talked, we we spoke about 
the the clapping, aka the can't stop us all. We're gonna raid the alien Area Fifty One and see them aliens, which was supposed to occur on September twentieth. Well, something happened, but not what. Well, yes, exactly what we were expecting to happen. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, what what you know was supposed to be a like you know whatever, 600, you know, half a million, 600,000, whatever people that said, yeah, we're going to get them aliens turned out to just to be kind of like burning man 2.0 <laughs> turned into like a random rave in the desert. I mean, which realistically, realistically, I got to say more people showed up than I expected. Well, <laughs> but at the same time, like we talked about, like, yes, you make it to the fence. You get over the fence. You've still got 13 miles of desert to cross <laughs> before you find whatever it is you might be looking for. And I would think at that point, the people with the eyes and the ears and the government and the guns and everything else will have found you much quicker. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I... And, you know, like I said, this, and as all things go with the internet, I mean, it started off as, Hey, we're going to raid Area 51 to free the aliens and also find out the truth that the government's been hiding all these years and quickly evolved into, hey, we're going to go fuck some aliens. Which <laughs> is exactly like, I think this does a great job of, you know, making my earlier point of, you know, so much stuff is about getting clicks and likes and how little that actually amounts to anything. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, hey, so, we had this great big social media presence that turned into 80 people in the desert having a rave party. Cool. <laughs> like, and, and that's the change that you're looking for, people. That was your, you know. Yeah. I mean, the the best part, like, I mean, because some legitimate news organizations went out to cover this. And like I said, it turned out into, into a big party at the UFO Research Center there near Area 51, which is, which is basically a tourist thing. You know, yeah. I but mean, there's like, you know, CNN, like actual news organizations filming stuff. Wait, and there's, did you just use CNN and a news organization? I said CNN and actual news organizations. <laughs> but yeah, you could see people Naruto running behind the camera. <laughs> like they're filming reporting and you see like dudes like run by like freaking practicing their Naruto runs. And apparently at this, I've never been out there, but wherever this like kind of like the touristy section of this is, they have a fake a reproduction of the area 51 front gate. And there were people practicing Naruto running through the gate that they got on film. And you know, the, like the cops showed up at one point cause they said something that was like 40 people out in the parking lot, like saying that they're about to go raid area 51 and the cops showed up and said, fuck off. And they're like, all right, sorry, sirs, we're, we're going to fuck off. <laughs> and they dispersed. And then they had an actual group that showed up at the front and back gate of the legitimate, Area 51 base, but other than them hanging out with protest signs that say, and I quote, clap alien cheeks, nothing really happened. They stood there and varying degrees. It looked like some, a dragon con rave just at the gates of area 51 and no one actually tried to do anything. And the, you know, and which was, was probably a good thing. Yes. Because, Cause people would have like well, died. <laughs> but at the same time, like if, if somebody tried something and they were killed, 
Think of the backlash and everything else that would have occurred. Yeah. So probably a good thing that people just had fun with the idea because, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm with the founders, you know, the people that started the group. Yeah, it was probably started as a big joke. People rallied behind it. Haha, this is funny. But, you know, somebody takes that shit to another level and ends up dead and then all of a sudden, like, you know... Things could have played out much, much worse. Yeah, I mean, this this was kind of like the you know, best only, outcome you know, we like, had. You know, the military doing what they have to do, our cops having to do what they have to do, and you know, I, I could have just seen that. You know, yeah. Despite all of this, there was only two arrests made: one Kyle and one Karen, both like fucked up and went to jail. Uh, Damn it, Kyle! Did you put some drywall? Well, the one lady apparently actually did cross the fence line and, and immediately got arrested for trespassing. And Kyle got arrested for public urination, so <laughs> that was like too many, too many kind monsters. Of, probably, yeah, kind of the the best case scenario for all this. Which is funny. I was listening to uh, freaking Alex Jones was on Drinking Bros, and you know, his crazy conspiracy theory is is that Facebook is actually like training people to show up at these these uh, these uh, whatever what's that shit you call them uh, flash mob type stuff. So they can eventually, like, you know, actually instruct people to perform real attacks via Facebook groups. <laughs> so I'm like, this is probably the best outcome. You know, people showed up, it was peaceful, and they all pissed off without much incident other than two people getting arrested. No one got injured. It just turned into a big, big rave. But there was no alien clapping that uh, that we have been able to find Damn to report it. on. Now i got to find some new cheeks to clap. Yep. Uh... So, uh, speaking of... That was of, a very let-down article, Joe. I didn't learn shit from it outside of people just can't follow through. <laughs> well, speaking of aliens, uh, NASA chief, uh, chief scientist, has come out saying, we're close to finding life on Mars, but we're not ready. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. Uh, um, are, is that saying that... We aren't ready for that kind of discovery, or is that saying that NASA isn't ready? He's saying kind of the world's not ready for because Dr. Jim Green, director of NASA's Planetary Science Division, you know, said you know a discovery of life outside our our planet is will be revolutionary. I mean, it's going to be like when people discovered the Earth wasn't flat or the Earth didn't revolve around the sun. It's going to be kind of a monumental change in people's perspective, I guess. Well, I just wonder what that does, like, you know, from a religious respect, yeah. you know, perspective and stuff, too. Like, you know, like, that type of thing, you know. Well, I mean, I guess if you believe in a, you know, you know, all-powerful, you know, single creator or something, then I guess you could say, well, yeah, I mean, you know, humans aren't the only life, animals aren't the only life, so, you know... That's still life. He still created it. I guess, you know, from that perspective, it can't really be challenged. But then, you know, other people that are like, you know, oh, my God, science has gone too far. Like, <laughs> and then there's always been like people like, oh, aliens are real, but we've never seen any kind of proof of any kind of life outside our own our own planet. When you discover there's potential life somewhere else, then that kind of opens up the gate that, you know, there could be intelligent life somewhere else and and go from there but apparently mars is going to be at its closest to earth uh next year in 2020 and there's five different space agencies planning to take advantage of that and have planned mars missions uh nasa and the european space agency are 
you know, have uh, plans to to land rovers in conjunction with Russia's uh, Roscosmos. They're all sending rovers that are going to drill for samples looking for organic matter. And according to uh, Dr. Green, there, he thinks you know, we're very close next year to possibly find, finding some kind of evidence of of organic matter on Mars. He's just kind of worried about the reaction we're going to get from people when we're like, hey guys, guess what? There is life outside of Earth, and what that's going to do to okay, somebody's going to poop on the Mars culture, and you know, hmm, I, I don't know. I mean, eh. yeah, it says like China, the United Arab Emigrant Emirates uh, are also preparing, you know, trips to Mars to uh, you know, landing an orbiter and a rover as well. So it's like everyone's going to Mars and kind of doing the same experiments in various locations around the planet. So this is kind of like next year is kind of the best case to finally find outside life. Which I think that's kind of cool. does to the culture at large. (laughs) Oh, people of humanity as we know it. Yep. Whole new Google maps, (laughs) Google maps, Mars edition. And speaking of Google maps, Google Maps has solved a two-decade-old cold case. Oh, so that's not the the pure image. It's like, you can see a dead body. (laughs) Apparently, uh, someone uh, found a land surveyor that was looking at Google Maps images happened to see a uh, what appears to be a car submerged in a pond um william earl molt uh, disappeared on november 7th 1997 he was a mortgage broker apparently it you know, went to a local nightclub in latana florida called his girlfriend said he was heading home and left the bar around 11 p.m it was never heard from again and the case eventually you know went cold uh well this like i said this uh land surveyor was going through some, some Google maps images and seen this, what appears to be the car in the pond and contacted the, the guy who currently owns the property where this was at. You know, that's the interesting thing is, you know, cause you can see the edge of what looks like a swimming pool. You can see acreage of lawn. That's obviously been mowed and stuff, but at the same time, like the way that this image is shot it's like if I'm standing on the bank and you're looking down, you wouldn't be able to see this car. Yeah, they said once he contacted the 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 homeowner uh, Barry Fay, uh, Fay flew a a drone out over the the pond and confirmed what you know they they saw. And apparently, like going back through the archives, this has been visible on Google Earth since 2007, but nobody had ever really noticed it. Uh, so who's going to be the you know? I am the Google Earth analyst for the FBI division. <laughs> like, you know, it is my job to just go through, you know, millions and millions of Google Earth images, you know, looking to crack the next big case. <laughs> yeah, that's the next X-Files uh, show. Uh, you know, they contacted uh, police in, in August who recovered the vehicle and did find his remains inside the vehicle. Said it the at the time of his disappearance, this property was undeveloped. Uh, you know, and these houses and stuff that you see around it were not built until later. So at the time that he disappeared, you know, there wasn't any kind of like neighbors to see a car going into the pond. 
And they right. say it's been there so long they can't really tell if, you know, if he had a car accident or if this is some kind of foul play, but at, at least they have recovered, recovered his body. body and and found, you know, that you know, at least you know given his, you know, family some kind of closure, but you know, at this point it's still kind of under investigation, so it's kind of it's very hard to figure out what actually transpired since it's like I said been sitting in this pond for the last 20 years. And of course it's not a nerd or a uh, science segment without a potential Skynet warning. Uh, our old friend, the parkour bot uh, made by Boston dynamics Atlas has, re- they've released a new video where the last one he was able to hop from like box to box and do a backflip, but still was very robotic now they've released a new video with him doing like 10 point gymnast moves, like a freaking gold medal Olympic gymnast. So he's gone from barely able to put a box on the shelf without falling over to frog leaping from box to box to now he's doing straight up ninja moves. I mean, motherfuckers, if you don't want terminators, quit building goddamn terminators <laughs> between Boston dynamics and the Russian company that's building the dual wielding Glock bot. We're fucked, dude. <laughs> that's, that's that's all. But it's are happen. we collect? I, you know, I heard an interesting thing earlier today that there was a company developing um, robots that would look exactly like you. You know, so I guess they could serve as your double. You know, the way I heard it said is, uh, you know, it's kind of a satire news thing, but you know, it was basically, hey, when you want to call out of work, you just send in your robot double, and uh, you know, you carry on doing whatever the hell it is that you wanted to do playing video games and drinking whiskey i guess so if that's your thing that you like to do i mean that's what i'd do if i didn't have to go anywhere (laughs) so yeah the the you know the the latest version uh of this thing which they're saying it it you know only weighs about 176 pound but its strength to weight ratio allows it to leap and somersault like an olympian with a speed of 1.5, five feet per second. Yeah, it's, like I said, this is the thing that's going to end humanity someday. Only if they figure out how to weaponize it. Uh, at that point, it'll be smart enough to weaponize itself. Now has 28 hydraulic joints for impressive feats of mobility. Yay! Yeah. So there's something for your nightmares this week. And with that, we'll be right back with some nerd news. Look, we know it's a long time till Doctor Who comes back on the air. Sorry. But your friends here at the Earth Station Who podcast are here to help. That's right. Mike, Mike, and Mary will be your guide through this wilderness year with reviews of classic stories, audios, and even some group discussions featuring some special guests. Join us for new episodes every other week up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are found. The Earth Station Who podcast, exploring over 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. And now it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. All right, this week, um, Nerd News is going to cost you everything, apparently. No. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's been making a way around the the nerd circuits, but uh, the MCU uh, has officially released or is going to release what they call the Infinity Saga box set. And you have um, to sacrifice the thing you love to get into. I mean, yeah, I mean, just money, like Thanos, <laughs> exactly, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, 
Yeah, uh, it'll be here just in time for Christmas. It includes all 23 Marvel Cinematic Universe movies as well as the um, bonus disc that will have special features like deleted scenes, behind-the-scenes footage, um, also a lithograph art piece uh, created by Matt, uh, Matt Ferguson and a special letter written by um, the boss, Kevin Fear. Figgy. Figgy, whatever. Figgy. Yeah. Uh, the 4K H Ultra HD Blu-ray box set is going to be available November 15th for five forty nine ninety nine, Which is about the time Disney Plus yeah, comes Yeah, I mean, out. that's basically, mm-hmm. you know, $24 a movie. Um, well, yeah, I mean, for that price, you're yeah. thinking, what, 20, was it 20-something Blu-rays? But yeah, kind of... The, the kicker is... Adds up. Apparently, best... Um, 550 it's apparently only available through Best Buy and they even have a payment plan for <laughs> fuck 45.84 a month. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah, I mean But I mean just looking at this thing like um you know you can go on Twitter or Facebook and and see the images. I mean, you know, if you're a diehard Marvel fan or you just like collecting I mean, yeah, cuz I can't re- I don't even remember the last time I bought physical media. I mean, with now with Netflix 4K, the Disney serve, Disney Plus going to be, you know, it's like... I mean, this is more of a bragging rights yeah. thing, I think. You know, I mean, which, I mean, I, I attribute it, you know, like, people that really enjoy collecting pops or comic books or anything. I mean, this is just something to, you know, really showcase your fandom and... Yeah, it's definitely going to be a, a, a hardcore collector's item. But, yeah, I mean, in the age of streaming and even like you know buying stuff digitally i'm like does anyone even get blu-rays anymore <laughs> the, the only upside of that is i'm still a special features nerd i i love like the behind the scenes shit and normally with streaming and digital you don't get all yes. the deleted scenes and behind the scenes stuff you just get the movie itself so. yeah you never get any of the bonus content so. if you want the bonus content you still gotta buy the blu-rays i just don't know if i'll want to spend $500. It's, it's kind of like I'm, I'm waiting for that, you know, the, the Star Wars Blu-ray set and the James Bond Blu-ray set goes down in price every year. So <laughs> wait until both of them get to reasonable price and then I'll purchase both of those. But And yeah. then at that point, then it's like, oh crap, this has now become a collector antique and is now quadruple in price. Yeah, it's going to be like double price on fucking I mean, that's, that's the only thing I, you know, the downside is, you know, like, when certain things like this get released, I mean, you know, of course, people do the immediate grabs where they buy bulks of 10 or 15 or 20 just to turn around and sell them for triple the price on eBay. And, you know, people will pay, you know, that tripled price just, you know, for their claim to fame. And uh, I- I'm like you. I'd rather hold off and... <laughs> Yeah, either either wait till the it goes on clearance or uh, <laughs> when it's kind of. I mean, two months cheaper of car in the uh, secondary. Or, yeah. You know, um, a box of Blu-rays. Yeah, five fifty. Like, that's like that's a a Glock. I mean, <laughs> I could buy another gun, or I could buy twenty Blu-rays. <laughs> Which one will I get more use out of? Yep. Definitely. <laughs> uh, moving right along here, uh, Inspector Gadget is apparently getting a live-action remake. Um, you know, because Disney, you know, is trying to bring everything live action. So it looks like... Uh, well, they did that a few years ago. I never... with uh, Was it Matthew Broderick yeah. as Inspector Gadget? Which I never saw the, the live action. 
his version of Better Get. So yeah, it's gonna be it'd be interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, apparently David Kellogg uh, directed the first live action adaptation in 1999 uh, that had Matthew Broderick as the gadget. Um, 2013 was a direct to video sequel. Um, Which the hell I didn't even know they came yeah, back. They I, really exactly. Did that. Like, I mean, you know, so uh, this one here Dan Lynn, Jonathan, um, Eric, who, you know, they produced Aladdin. Um, Which I, I heard that was good. I, I never got around to seeing. Like, the only live action Disney thing I've seen is the. Beauty and the Beast one because I was I was dragged I was I was forced to <laughs> as anyone with a with a wife uh, <laughs> knows you see things sometimes you see things you you'd rather not so but and that was actually pretty good I was I was surprised that, that was a, a decent movie but I've and I've heard good things about Aladdin I've just not had uh, the time to see it I'm gonna have to check that out when it hits uh, hits video at some some yeah, point definitely I mean. I don't know. Inspector Gadget's always been one of those kind of cool. And I mean, I, I even like what uh, Netflix did when they did their, you know, updated animation style of, you know, Inspector Gadget. You know, I even watched some of that series. And So uh, do we have any casting news yet or just... Uh, basically, we know who's going to direct. And it looks like uh, Mickey Day and Streeter Sedell, um, who are writers for Saturday Night Live, are going to be mm-hmm. doing the script. Here's my casting suggestion. Kylo Ren. I could see that because he's tall, he's lanky. He's, like... he's kind of got the facial, the gadget yeah. facial structure. <laughs> I could I can't I mean, remember his name, know, but I, of, I could see him <laughs> as Inspector Gadget. You know, I mean, he's already got the the hair. I mean, you know, they just need to style it out a little bit. I mean, <laughs> I, I I could kind of see that. But <laughs> but can you have Kylo go from Kylo to Inspector Gadget? Like, or is that going to be too much of a? And I mean, he's already in the Disney universe too. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I mean and you know he. He can do comedy. I mean, he was hilarious when he on uh, when he hosted Saturday Night Live and did the whole uh, undercover boss Kylo Ren skit. I mean, so the dude can do some silly ass comedy shit if he wants to. So I, I'd I'd give him a shot if uh, <laughs> yeah. in the trench coat. I mean, I, I, I'd be curious, you know, check it out. Uh, up next is uh, when we left off. Um, Either him or Adrian Brody would probably make a good gadget. I could see that one too. <laughs> Yes. Um, So, as I was saying, we left off and Spider-Man was in limbo. Uh, He was removed from the MCU and my, did the internet, oh my god, how did this happen and everything. It's like, Far From Home had such a good cliffhanger to set up the next version and they've kind of hung the next with Tony gone, Cap gone. Uh, They kind of had him is going to be in part of an integral part of the MCU going forward. And then they were like, Oh shit, we're going to have to redo all those plans. <laughs> well, it looks like Spidey's back. If anybody's at least for su- one more film surprised anyway. So, you know, uh, it looks like the two have put aside their differences and, you know, Sony has now shared the rights with Disney and, you know, so, yeah, sir. Uh, they're, they're still going to have their kind of their own, Spider-Verse 
like so the venom stuff and all that's going to still remain its own thing and they're saying tom holland is going to come play in the the sony spider-verse but they're still we're they're at least going to wrap up the far from home storyline so we're going to get you know tom holland in the mcu spider-verse for at least a a little bit longer uh so we'll see how that plays out but yeah i i you know i've also heard a rumor that Marvel and stuff now because before the Marvel TV universe, Netflix and ABC was run by a separate studio. It was run by the Marvel TV and not Marvel Studios. Well, now Marvel Studios is taking over all live action Marvel TV properties. So there's talk of them coming into the the MCU more. And I've heard a rumor that in the new Spider Man that they may have Daredevil as Spider-Man's lawyer. Matt Murdock may get to be Peter Parker's lawyer. And <laughs> it's one of the, one of the rumors I've also heard, you know, Punisher possibly showing up in some MCU films. Well, I mean, as well. that's the thing, you know, I mean, he's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and, you know, I don't know when I think of New York, you know, yeah, I understand there's Hell's Kitchen, there's Queens, you know, uh, you know, different sections of Long Island, New Jersey and stuff like that. But it's like, you know, for me, like, that's not a universe yeah. or, you know, I'm jumping worlds or I'm jumping states. Like, I'd like to see, you know, more crossover because stuff is happening, you know, all within New York. And that also makes sense time-wise because as we, we found out that part of the Netflix agreement was that they couldn't do anything with these characters for at least two years. So the time it takes to make one of these big Marvel films... By the time one of them's ready to go, we should be outside of that two-year moratorium on using the Netflix characters. So by the time another Avengers shows up, hell, we could get Murdoch, we could get Frank, you know, showing up in the MCU later on. Which I'm hoping Barenthal's not done with the yeah, Punisher. Yeah, I, 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 I would I love, love to see that role reprised. I would love to see, you know, like you said, you know. And hell, I mean, I have enjoyed the hell out of Jessica Jones and Luke Cage yep. and, you know, um, Iron Fist, uh, not quite as much, but, you know, I don't think he carries the same level of clout as, like, you know, Daredevil and Punisher and... And know. especially with, like, some of the new, like, the the uh, martial arts superhero movie that they're talking about doing in the next phase, I mean, that's something that could definitely bring in an iron fist. And if, you know, if they do a more Kung Fu centric <laughs> movie. Definitely. So, um, you know, as we kind of move along here, uh, let's talk about Kevin Smith. Um, we know that he did, uh, Oh, what the hell? Jay and Bob. Reboot. Yeah. The reboot, which unfortunately the um, one thing we were talking about off mic about kind of disappointing is it's not getting a big theatrical release. It's only going to be available I think by the time this comes out, like they're only going to be in theaters. I think the fifteenth and seventeenth. Yeah, time. and didn't and three from hell to, kind of do that same yeah, thing too? Limited, going to do like a one day Fathom events. So if you're hearing this, there's still a day or two to see it. Go hit Fathom events and find out where it's playing because it's that's your only. If you want to see it theatrically, that's going to be your only options. But then it should be coming out in some kind of streaming form or downloadable soon after. But yeah, if you want the theatrical experience, you're going to have to jump on it and see both those films next week sometime. Absolutely. Well, uh, at a, or this week by the time this episode comes out. 
Looks like he has made an announcement that, uh, you know, Clerks 3 is back on the board again. Yeah, it. Uh, he tried to get it made earlier. It didn't happen. Some of the principals did not want to come back, but he's... He he kind of met up with uh, Jeff Anderson uh, for uh, like kind of a signing event or something, and they got to talking again. And it seems like he's ready to come back. So he's it's Clerks Three is a go, and he's also said it's not going to be the same script that he had wrote previously. He's writing a because they did some uh, did an event for charity, I think, where they did like a live reading of his his first Clerks Three script since it wasn't going to get made into a movie. So he says he's. Going back to the drawing board, writing a whole new script with you know new ideas. So, you know if you if you happen to see that last event or download and read the the, yeah, the previous just know script, this will not be it. It's going to be something completely completely new. Because uh, apparently, you know, Kevin Smith tweeted you know the three clerks thing out, um, you know, on Twitter uh, a few nights ago, uh, October first, and he's like. Yeah, this this script here, I just started working on the night before I tweeted. So, um, always exciting news. I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, especially after, you know, Clerks 2. Like, the original Clerks holds a special place. Yeah. Clerks 2, you know, and my eclectic group of friends just really, you know, took things to a whole nother level as far as inside jokes and stupidness. Oh, yeah. and oh, Fucking pussy trolls. We still yes. make that joke. <laughs> Uh, I miss my donkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Interspecies erotica. <laughs> yes. Uh, up next, um, Jurassic World 3. Uh, looks like we're going to have, uh, I, I guess, a reuniting of some folks from the yeah, original Jurassic Raptors. Park. So it looks like uh, Neil, Dern, Goldblum are all returning for Jurassic World 3. Um, yeah, I mean, the last one we had, I mean, Gold, Goldblum had a brief spot where he's yep. like testifying in front of Thomas, but I, I expected him to have a bigger role. But but yeah, with the original team showing back up, it's yeah, I mean, it's going to be know, interesting. I'm, Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler and Ian Malcolm, like, you know. And of course, I'm assuming Pratt is still <laughs> still coming back. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I, I don't know, you know. But I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I keep seeing, you know, mixed reviews and everything. I, I got to say, so far I've enjoyed the films. Yeah, like, I mean, Jurassic, the first Jurassic World, I really liked. It was definitely kind of in tune with the original film, and I loved all the throwbacks to the original. The second one kind of turned more into like a kind of a weird horror movie nearly and it, it was definitely different than Jurassic World but i mean if they keep mixing up the genres a little bit and kind of trying to finding new ways to tell this story like i said you know we kind of have a, a hate for reboots I, I i love that it's still a continuation of the original story and we're not just starting over again you know so i will like i said the i like the first one better than i did the second one but i i will definitely give this one a I'm still interested enough to give this third one a try. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, something that we alluded to, you know, in in the main segment is we we've talked about this era of reboots, and it seems like a lot of the classics, um, you know, are getting modernized and rebooted, or you know, just 
hey, this is a whole new retelling of the classic. Um, yeah. You know, and I saw some trailers. Um, I, I can't remember the name of it now. Um, you know, but it's basically a looks to be like a horror film set in the same universe as The Shining. Um, oh, Doctor Sleep? Yes. Um, yeah, that tra- I saw the trailer the other night when I went to see Rambo, and that Ewan McGregor is the adult version of, what was it, what was the kid's name? Tommy or... Yeah, I think it was Tommy. We'll say Tommy. Yeah, because, I mean, it was... Stephen King did write a sequel a couple years ago, and this was the movie adaptation of that, and it it looks, like, pretty cool. I mean, and I like the fact that he got... Because I've, I've not read the Doctor Sleep book, but, you know, they end up back at the, the, the Stanley Hotel or whatever it was. So, and you even see the creepy twins, or a modern version of them, so... The, the decorative red rum... Oh, Red yes. rum. And that iconic elevator, you're like, oh, yeah, there's about to be a bloodbath. Yes. I mean, that was kind of one of the cool things in uh, in uh, Ready Player One was they went to that hotel. Yes. So I'm kind of kind of curious. I mean, most of the the live action, the newer live action Stephen King stuff has been been pretty sweet uh, with, like I said, that last first It movie was better than the second It movie, but... Uh, well, they Dr. were both a lot better good. than pet, the Pet Cemetery remake, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't we'll... even like. I, I took your advice. And I, I never saw that one. Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, whatever. Give it a, give it a, you know, I'll, I'll pay the dollar red on, box. You know, yeah, but or I, something. Or, but <laughs> when it makes it to Netflix, I might sit through it. But yeah, that that was not one I was gonna pay the money and take the time to go see it in the theater. But yeah, I mean, it's just kind of you know, um, interesting to me, you know, just. We've kind of joked about it, but, you know, I mean, we see Disney taking a lot of their original properties, adapting them to live action now. Uh, Is Hollywood out of ideas? I mean, you know, it's... I mean, it's got to be. I mean, Disney was the animation king, and now it's like, we're not making any new animation, but we're not even making even new live action stuff. We're just going to retread all our old shit. (laughs) But at the same time, the animation styles and everything of a hand-drawn character, like kids that grow up and all they know is digital, right? In the era of the internet, they never got to experience animation as we knew it. Everything that they know, I mean, hell, you go to a tattoo shop now, and most of the time an artist doesn't even, you know, everything is done, once again, digitally, you know? Yeah. If he is hand-drawing, he's doing it on an iPad or something. <laughs> like, Did you ever see the uh, the Dumbo live-action? I have not. I heard good things about yeah. it, but I, I don't know. That's the one I've, I've that, missed. That's one of those that secretly I'm going to watch alone and not tell anybody. That way, you know, when I cry, <laughs> nobody knows, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, I hate something spicy. That's what my eyes are watching. Yeah, like, you know, that's one of those I'm, I'm not going to watch in a room full of people because it'd be like, oh, that big softy. Look at him. <laughs> True enough. <laughs> like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch that one in my shed so the Because inevitably, like, I don't care how many horror movies or how many violent scenes I see, those never get me. It's always a fucking, you know, shit from my childhood. And it's like, God <laughs> yeah. damn it. Like, you know, like we've joked about, you know, it's like I've never had a nightmare from watching a fucking legit horror movie, but, you know, the Scooby-Doo reluctant <laughs> werewolf thing, like, as a kid, that movie would give me nightmares for some reason. Like, what uh, the hell? Like, you know, something is just completely fucked up in my psyche. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like the, the, the fucking kitty shit's way more horrifying than <laughs> <laughs> the legit horror anymore. 
I've succumbed to the hardships of, uh, you know, reality as it stands. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of curious, you know, with this constant remaking of classics, if, you know, people aren't just out of, you know, fresh ideas. I mean, and we, like... Or, you know, are people losing their creative edge and just playing it safe? And is... We... we... I can't remember if we talked about this last episode or not, but the news of potentially a Princess Bride reboot like set the freaking internet on fire. Where the it was like a collective hatred of like, no, you can't touch this, you know, including the actors saying that. So I'm like, are people getting? Have we reached the point where like everything that can be rebooted has been rebooted, and now it's just the sacred cows, and everyone's like, no, we're done with this. Stop fucking with our childhood. Or I have a different philosophy. Or is it just the grumpy old men and women who are holding on to what was near and dear to their childhood and most people that, you know, are that age now that never experienced have none of those experiences to base on. <laughs> so, you know, to them, does this now become their childhood dream? Or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, uh I, I I don't know. You know, that's the thing, is I think that, you know, there's so much division between 20 years ago versus where we are now or where we were even 10 years ago. Like, you know, in an era of internet, an era of everybody having access to the World Wide Web and electronic devices, you know, is there a path paved you know, I, I don't know. Like, hmm. I, I'm just trying to, you know, like, I don't know. You know, people are here and now. Like, very rarely, unless there's some nostalgia factor, do people ever go back. It would just be like, hey, we're going to reboot the never-ending story. <laughs> like. Yeah, it's like, ugh. People that know the tale of Artemis and his guilt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, I know exactly. Atreyu, Artemis was uh, Ready Player One, but... <laughs> but hell, as is, is, is quickly Axel, as the, you know, what, uh, the, 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 that the two, and it seems like the turnaround on reboots are, are happening much quicker than they used to be. You know, when it was things from the 80s and the 70s, yeah, but now it's like, things that came out 10 years ago are getting reboots. It's, it's like, you know, it's back in the day, it was like when, when this stuff wasn't so fresh in memory, uh, you know, but now it's like shit that's like, I just saw a version of this. Do I really need to see another RoboCop or another fucking Spider-Man or whatever? It's like, come up with new ideas, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I, I, but then again, maybe, maybe that is what will segue me into exploring more independent directors and independent films. You know, to get away from just the same hashed and rehashed stories. And I got in the age of digital platforms like Disney Plus, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, getting things out there has become so much easier that I think that's kind of the new home of independent films. Is like the the digital era is so you know we're not getting as many kind of original stories in the 
mainstream Hollywood theatrical releases, but these things still exist if you're willing to look for them in the you know, in the streaming. But era, I've got to learn French or, or even German YouTube. or something else. Hell, there was a trailer for a uh, Michael Bay just doing as doing a big budget action film for Netflix coming out in I think December that looks with Ryan Reynolds. I mean, it looks pretty badass. And, and I, I think a lot of the original oh, content, hell. Michael Bay's directing Deadpool. Pretty much, <laughs> that's what it kind of looks like. It's called like Six Underground. So it's like the original storytelling is kind of all going digital. If it's like the stuffs coming out in theaters are all freaking reboots or sequels so if you want an original any kind of original content you got to go to something like a netflix like that ben affleck movie was pretty badass the hell the motley crew film i thought was pretty good and and i said this underground six looks looks pretty badass so it's like there's still original content it's just not making it to theaters anymore from the looks of it all righty word that's all i got any other tidbits you want to share with the listeners at home no i think that's it uh you can check us out on cigarnerdpodcast.com we're on the eso at esonetwork.com they also have a patreon on site if you want some you know exclusive content to go check that out you can find us on twitter instagram and facebook at cigar nerd pod don't forget to get your energy up at strikeforceenergy.com promo code cigar nerds and if you want uh, cool, not just cigar nerd, uh, you know, related shirts, but any kind of cool sports and nerd themed smoking shirts, go to realmensmokecigars.com. And with uh, with that, Adrian! And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smoking Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.